Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, and we're cutting to the matrix, and we have Rick on the line. Are you still there, Rick? Yes, I am. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I just want to summarize three three little TV shows um, just to tell you why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. Um, in 2000, early 2001, there was a TV show put, put out called The Lone Gunman, in which the government, a faction of the government, was going to hide, was going to um, take remote control of some planes and try to fly them into the World Trade Center. And just yep. the last, you remember that, right? Yeah. And just at the last moment, they yanked the thing up and the plane, um, they got ma a manual override. Well, there's two TV shows, or there's one, there's a, there's a video game being put out now called Shattered Union, and there's a TV show being put out called Jericho. And um, in the video game it, intro, um, which you can get download, Flash, on the internet, um, in, a, in a TV program, which you can download. Then both of them, um, the government, a faction of the government, uh, sets off a nuclear bomb driven in by truck um, while the president is giving a speech in both of them. And then after that, there's a civil war um, in America, in total breakdown and chaos. And, um, you know, and I was in Bonds last night buying some soda, and, they, and I heard them saying on, on the, um, you know, because the, they have this intercom where they do the advertising, they said, do you have your emergency supplies ready? Are you being stocked up? You know, yeah. I, I want to I, I do things. I want to help people. I want to do my artwork, you know, and, and, and I just feel like the, it's closing in. Like, they're not even hiding it. The government's telling us now they're going to they're gonna nuke us, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, the only thing they've got going for them is, is cry wolf, cry wolf, cry wolf. Mm -hmm. And uh, no, everyone knows that, the, that you aren't going to get a bunch of Arabs coming over here in camels, you know, camels and with uh, snorkels on coming under the Great Lakes coming to do trouble. I mean, it's not going to happen. Um, so anything that does happen has to come from the top. And they will have to bring something on. But personally, I think too, uh, I think they're going to eventually create pandemics or at least tell us that there, there's outbreaks. And I, I thought back to the first movie that Dustin Hoffman was in uh, called Outbreak and, and why they were hyping that up so much. And it was followed by a whole slew of them. And then, of course, you had your daytime talk shows with the experts suddenly appearing on the scene, instant experts to tell you how real this could be and how it's just around the corner and we're due a plague. So plagues would be the easiest way to control people. This isn't just to control them. Remember, it's a hundred years war. That was what Rumsfeld said himself. This could be a hundred years war. And yeah. by that, they, they mean it's a war to completely reshape the whole globe and all society in every country and a completely new way of living with a scientific type uh, oligarchy or bureaucracy running our lives for us and even recreating humanity itself. They're calling it the post-human era. Wow. Yeah. So uh, th this is all programming us for what's to come so that it will seem... Uh, but we'll expect it. We won't all start asking. You see, when something can hit you all of a sudden, you ask too many questions. When you've been programmed in advance through fiction, etc., uh, then you, you accept it without much question and you obey. It's all again to do with obedience. That book I was reading at the beginning of the show, How Do Mass Populations Obey the Authorities? Yeah, you know, in, in, in these three th episodes, they, they're, not, you know, they're not even officially... I mean, they're saying um, we'll blame it on the Arabs, you know, but but they're all they're all saying, you know, we're going to do it, you know. It's like yeah. they're not even hiding it anymore. We're going to. Yeah. Was that? Yeah. Well, they are. They are too. And you see, if you were to nuke, and this goes back to the NATO plans mm. that they signed back in the back in the early 70s, they're supposed to be available to every citizen in a NATO country. 
and yet the, the Man Alive series in Britain had to send to the government for a copy because they were not available from the post office or the library. And they talked about what, to, what they're going to do uh, in event of a plague outbreak or a nuclear contamination. And the U.S., Canada, Britain, they all signed, they all signed this agreement that the cities are to be contained, villages, towns contained, and any, ind any individual trying to break free from a contaminated area is to be shot on sight. And if whole groups try to break free, to be bombed by CS gas from the air. Um, that's what they have planned. But also, they'll have mass evacuations from certain areas to other. Once you get populations moving as per refugees, that's the whole point of it. They've got a complete war situation scenario on the go where they can reshape society, build the new habitat areas, or put you into existing overcrowded cities and, and destroy the old. Uh, this is all part of the new greening, the new world order, the new uh, brave new world scenario. They want mass populations on the move. And we saw that being done uh, with, with um, uh, New Orleans when mm -hmm. thousands of people were evacuated out of there. They, they, they claim they can't even trace where they put them all. That's what they tell us. We don't even know if they're, if they're still alive or what happened to them. Well, I have a friend who, went, who was a journalist, and he went to New Orleans and, and uh, did a story about it. And he said that black water was there killing people open season, white supremacists were given open season to shoot blacks and there were concentration camps, they herded people under bridges and, and they were dying and kept them there, you know, detained them and it was total. So like a lot, some of the stuff has already happened with Katrina, you know. And, and I'll bet you anything, uh, in New Orleans, there were probably hundreds of social scientists there studying the reactions of everything that was happening so they could use that in the future. They never miss a chance for that kind of thing. All right. Well, thank, thank you very much, Alan, for, for letting me talk. Thanks for calling. All right. You have a good night. Bye now. Bye-bye. And now I've got uh, Mo again in Oregon. Are you there? Hello? Yes, uh, of course. Can you hear me good? Yes, I can. Okay. Hi, Alan. Uh, I would like to have a few comments uh, for you and one question. Uh, my comments regarding uh, your first server when you talked about obedience. And, uh, you know, many religions are trained that to be obedient, uh, especially Baha'is. Uh, since the birth 150 years ago, I mean, each, uh, I mean, if you don't follow exactly what they say, they kick you out of their religion, and uh, they cannot talk politics. They cannot involve in, uh, uh, say anything about uh, government or anything like that. And also on top of it, in Iran, uh, they, many of them were uh, killed by Muslims, and because they don't have a self-defense, because their religion controls them, and they telling them, is you, you give your soul for the humanity and therefore you have no self-defense and many of them killed and many of them uh, escaped from Iran 
and etc. And also we go back to the, uh, you know, that uh, they have a national ID card since 150 years ago. Every Baha'i has an ID, Baha'i identification card uh, called BIC, and yeah. it has nine-digit numbers all over the world. So if you don't have carry that with you, you cannot attend to their meetings and uh, or the spiritual meetings, etc. And then we go back to the church. Uh, uh, church and recently they have trained the clergyman that to come to people and to tell them the same thing obedience 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 government don't question anything etc et too and uh, uh, to complement your uh, first hour uh, thing again, uh, in we go back to Islam that in United Kingdom if a Muslim person doesn't go to the mosque, uh, they give him three warnings. And after that, they kill that person in United Kingdom. I mean, this is what is going on. I mean, religion is opium of the masses. That's what I think. What do you believe? Is there, yeah, well, it, it wouldn't matter if, um, if a deity came down here and spoke to, to the people today. Uh, as soon as he was gone, it, it would be reduced, the whole message would be reduced down to its common denominator that would suit the masses. Because the masses, unfortunately, do want, on top of the base people, base people themselves want simplicity and ritual and a set of simple rules to follow because masses means mass, it means sameness. They want sameness, they want everyone to be the same as themselves. And that's what all religions reduce the individual down to, is a sameness. And as you say, if you break free of the sameness, uh, then you're shunned, or even worse things will happen to you. Uh, in fact, the people around you, you, you actually threaten their own um, view of life by the very fact that you can break free. That scares them, uh, that, that, that what they're following is not so omnipotent after all. So they themselves will turn on you. You, you, you shake their paradigm of believing. Uh, it's the exactly. same with the story of Moses. I mean, the whole story that's always told over and over in all religions, and they're all the same story. In many exactly. stories, uh, you'll find that the whole story of, of Moses going up a mountain was the illumined man climbing above the masses, and that the masses were told they could not follow. They were held back by lightning and all that stuff. In other words, uh, they, were still, they were still base people, only the illumined one could go up, and he came back down with the laws to find them uh, remaking a, a god out of gold, silver, and jewels, things they understood. Um, in other words, they were still slaves, not slaves in the sense that you think traditionally they are. What it always meant was they were slaves to the material world and to wealth and greed and baseness. That's what it stood for. Exactly, indeed. And uh, that other friend, uh, the caller before me, uh, he, he talked about the shattered union, etc. He needs to watch right at your door. That's the movie released in the United States right now. That was censored in the United States. But uh, I advise him to see that movie. He will learn a lot, too. And my question uh, is from you is this. Uh, I mean... Uh, what's the relationship between the religion, uh, all uh, religions and the new world order? Mm -hmm. 
Well, that's been again written about by the big boys, and Gorbachev talked about it. Uh, he was a member of the head of the, the, the Soviet system before he became the leader of his particular movement with uh, uh, the Green Cross, the Night of Lazarus, at the Presidio in the U.S. And he wrote in his book, Towards a New Civilization, he said, uh, although he himself was an atheist, he claimed in the book, he said that religion has always been used for control purposes over the masses. And he said, we are creating a new world religion that will be based on a form of earth worship. What he meant was the greening, the whole idea that we are here as another animal and we couldn't put ourselves above any other animal or above any tree, etc., of the planet. But, of course, you'll have a new priesthood uh, dominating the public. Uh, and as Orwell said, he said some people are more equal than others in such utopias. In other words, there's going to be a hierarchy of the same old system with a new religion, but the same old stuff where we're told what to do, what to think, and that we're here to serve the planet. Service is uh, ultimate in this New World Order agenda. The whole idea of eventually working for uh, your little peanut rewards uh, will go out and uh, eventually you'll be born with a duty, a service to the state. And that was written about by Cecil Rhodes, uh, and that group blossomed into the Royal Institute for International Affairs and the Council on Foreign Relations. And all of their major publications, they talk about service to the planet. And, of course, that means the hierarchy involved. It's just a transformation of the old system into a new, improved version for a new era. Exactly, indeed, and uh, you know, uh, you know, everybody says new world order, Baha'i new world order, uh, Islamic new world order, uh, Christian new world order. Actually, we received a pamphlet in Oregon. They invited everybody to attend to the conference, and it, uh, Alex Ansari is uh, one of your friends too. He he attended and he had some video of it. I'm sure in in his website uh, also alexansari.com, and uh, I mean it was uh, just uh, trying to sell a staff. He was telling, uh, I mean, uh, uh, he was just talking bunch of rubbish. Um, the priest. Uh, the priest that who invited a lot of people to come at him. He wants to make money. You saw, so all of them are uh, here to make money. All yep. of them are living in, in, in mansions. I mean, they are corrupt, all of them, including the Ayatollahs in Iran, and etc. And uh, basically, they want our money. I mean, the money that uh, you, 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 you cannot even save and uh, they, you have to go there and, and donation, give a donation, donation. And they say, yeah. oh, we will do this, we will do that. But they don't. I know. So thank you very much indeed. For Thanks for calling. Call, and you have a good night. Sir. You too. I'll be back with more after the following messages. Great host, great topics, brief speech at its best. This is We the People Radio Network. He's five foot two 
And he's six feet four He fights with missiles and with spears He's all of 31 And he's only 17 He's been a soldier for a thousand years He's a Catholic, a Hindu, an atheist, a Jain A Buddhist and a Baptist and a Jew And he knows he shouldn't kill And he knows he always will Kill you for me, my friend, and me for you And he's fighting for Canada He's fighting for France He's fighting for the USA And he's fighting for the Russians And he's fighting for Japan And he thinks we'll put an end to war this way And he's fighting for democracy He's fighting for the Reds He says it's for the peace of all He's the one who must decide Who's to live and who's to die And he never sees the writing on the wall But without him, how would Hitler have condemned him at Laval? Without him, Caesar would have stood alone He's the one who gives his body as a weapon of the war And without him, all this killing can't go on He's the universal soldier and he really is to blame His orders come from far away no more They come from here and there and you and me And brothers, can't you see This is not the way we put the end to war Hi, I'm Alan Watt and we're cutting through the Matrix And we have Stephen on the line from Germany Are you there, Stephen? Yes, I am Can you hear me well? Yes, go ahead Okay I, I wanted to ask you something that um, I found in your first book I read. Yeah. And, and the topic is, uh, you said that um, it should be uh, um, food for thought that um, um, things uh, from pigs and uh, organs of pigs uh, um, are used uh, for humans. Can you elaborate on this? Do you know what I mean? Uh, are we talking about the, the pictures and symbolism? No, no pictures. Pigs, the animals. Oh, pigs. Mm -hmm. The animal? Yeah. You wrote that um, it um, made... Uh, I understood it the way that you suggested that uh, humans were made of pigs. Oh yeah, that's that's the big the big joke at the scientists at the top. It's also a joke about some of the from some of the orders at the top when they, when they mention what seems to be a fact as far as we know. But who knows? Then again, they say that the closest uh, animal to human is not the ape at all, but the pig as far as its um, its particular uh, physiology goes, the workings of it, and how. And that's why, of course, they've tried pig transplants, and that's why they've also gone ahead and combined, from the early 70s, they've combined human DNA with that of pigs. I don't know if people in the U.S. realize the Department of Agriculture and the Farming um, were doing that in the 70s, so most pigs that you eat today have human genes in them. 
Yeah. Um, so, so you didn't want to uh, suggest that uh, humans were made of pigs? No, no, not at all. I mean, oh. regardless of what they say at the top, always remember they have an, an, a hidden meaning behind it. Generally, it's a form of mocking uh, the public themselves. Um, the only the only thing is to say that we can't, that they, apparently from all the knowledge that we're given, if, even if it's true, is that we're closer to pigs than apes. Uh, but they're always playing jokes on us. So who, who really, really knows? You know, who really knows? And that's what some of the, the old ancients used to say, too, um, that, that that was supposedly why they didn't want to eat the pigs. Uh, that, that knowledge was known back then, for instance. However, if you go into the writings of the Hindu uh, with much older histories, they, and again, you've got to take everything with a pinch of salt and don't take anything at face value. There's often allegories behind them. They do talk about a time where uh, in the ancient past, and they go back millions of years with their histories, uh, and mythologies. Most ancient history really takes the form of mythology. And they say that the Black Sea area at one time was a valley and that uh, a, a, an elite were experimenting with different kinds of humans and that the experiment went wrong when the hum different kinds of humans began to eat each other. And so they, they, they flooded that which became the, the, the Black Sea. Uh, interesting enough, uh, a National Geographic magazine a few years ago uh, shows them going down in the Black Sea with a submarine, and they found layers of uh, settlements and old ancient buildings deep below the waters there on both sides of the valley. Uh, so there was habitation there at one time, and so it seems true that it was flooded at one point. So who knows? That's all you have to really go on. The rest is speculation. Mm -hmm. May I add another thing? Yes. Um, are you aware of um, that in, in the UK um, there was somebody arrested because uh, someone else thought that his MP3 player was a gun and he got... I know. <laughs> I know. It was, there's a lot of things happening now uh, with that very thing. It's mainly, and unfortunately, it's mainly female callers with cell phones. Uh, who have watched too much television and all the dramas where all the cops are always pulling guns out. We've had 20 years now on every show since Starsky and Hutch of the cops drawing their guns out, standing in a combat stance, and that's what the, that's conditioned in the brains of people now. So this poor guy got off a bus or something, pulled out his MP3 and tried to put both hands on it, and a woman thought he was he was taking a pistol out of his pocket, holding it in a combat position, ready to fire, and she called the police. The guy got his DNA taken, his fingerprints, iris scanned, the whole lot, and even though they, they, they knew it was a mistake, he's now on that database for life, as has been put down for a firearms call. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I've had a lot of it. Another guy I know... Uh, last year, he was mailing off some chocolates to his mother for Mother's Day, and a woman was passing by in a car, uh, phoned him in as a suspicious character because he had a couple of days' growth of beard. Uh, and um, he, when he went in the post office, in came the SWAT team, uh, pushed him against a wall, frisked him right down, did a complete examination, and, and ripped his box uh, apart from the chocolates. 
this is happening all over the place, lots of incidences like this. Yeah, yeah um, may I make a comment and then go? Yes. Uh -huh. uh, I just wanted to say um, one thing, that it's um, not, not as fast, but it's, it's the same thing in Germany. Yes. Because um, in Bavaria there was uh, somebody who was uh, assaulted, his uh, flat was assaulted by, by a SWAT team because uh, somebody heard him talk about the government uh, at his um, medical treatment or something. Uh -huh. Yeah. And um, the second thing I wanted to say is that um, I'm very fond of that um, much of your material is discussed in the Internet. Yes. And I'm very uh, thankful that you are putting that out and uh, others catch on. Okay. It's a pleasure. Thank Just you very much. Keep on listening. Thanks for calling. Yeah, that's interesting what's happening with all the paranoia that's been generated, again, mainly through fictional movies and dramas and, and stuff, and the public can't tell the difference now. Uh, it's, it's going to get a lot worse, too, unfortunately. I'll be back with more after the following messages. Up in the air. 
The DNA records are kept for life so that they can be matched to future samples. Even suspects who are wrongfully arrested normally stay on the database. Staffordshire Police said a member of the public reported seeing a man pull out a gun from his pocket, grip it with both hands and aim. A spokesman added an operation was put in place and a man matching the description was detained. So that's the kind of things uh, that happen uh, in this day and age of hype and terror and people watching too many movies and especially all the cop dramas that are out there where every five minutes they're pointing guns at someone's head standing in a combat stance and you've got silly people who can't tell fact from fiction and they're living in terror all the time and they're suspicious of everybody around them. Terrible state to live in and uh, it's being fostered from the top of course. They want the paranoid society and unfortunately the ones at the bottom that haven't a clue, they can't think for themselves will see this kind of thing all around them. They'll see they'll be so paranoid. Going back to the undiscovered self, just to do a little piece on this that ties in with some of this what's happening with the state being the dictator it said um, the state like the church demands enthusiasm self-sacrifice and love demands it you see and if religion requires or presupposes the fear of God then the dictator state takes good care to provide the necessary terror when the rationalist directs the main force of his attack against the magical effect of the right, as asserted by tradition, he has in reality completely missed the mark. The central point, the psychological effect, is overlooked, although both parties make use of it for directly opposite purposes. A similar situation prevails with regard to their respective conceptions of the goal. The goals of religion, deliverance from evil, reconciliation with God, rewards in the hereafter and so on turn into worldly promises about freedom from care for one's daily bread the just distribution of material goods universal prosperity in the future and shorter working hours that the fulfillment of these promises is as far off as paradise only furnishes yet another analogy and underlines the fact that the masses have been converted from an extra mundane goal to a purely worldly belief which is extolled with exactly the same religious fervor and exclusiveness that the creeds display in the other direction. So, in other words, he's telling you that that's what religions always turn into, uh, promises for things in the here and now, the material needs, all the things that we worry about will be supplied by some benevolent uh, entity if we just follow these particular rules and obey the laws of the state. It's interesting to note that the Archbishop of Canterbury in England uh, got in the, the soup the other day for proposing that because there are so many um, other religions now in Britain that they should bring in the Shari law uh, for Muslims and combine it with the laws of England. And of course that would put a separate, uh, another standard for, for a particular group outside the usual natives of Britain. And then the Queen piped in apparently because she's the head, the, the titular head, as uh, being the sovereign in Britain. You see that the sovereign's the head of everything. And she's also the head technically of the Church of England and the Archbishop is still responsible to her. So she was voicing her concerns of this creating a double standard 
where certain uh, transgressions would be settled in a, a particular closed religious court as opposed to the public one. But they couldn't really go any further with that because technically um, you see that they already have that for specific Jewish laws in Britain and elsewhere where there are courts that are designed for them to handle certain problems of transgression of their own religions uh, away from public eyes. So we already have that, and, and now it's, a, it's an open book now, or it's a, it's a fear for all if this goes ahead, uh, because you'd have to do the same with all, all religions that exist on the planet, give them their own special little uh, uh, courts to deal with their problems far from the, the prying eyes of the public. And that's the mayhem which they envisaged, mind you, long ago when they planned the integration of the countries of the world and the multiculturalism and all the rest of it. And people who belong to groups and, and creeds and all the rest of it will have their differences and their little battles, maybe even big battles, uh, as they try to settle it. Uh, and generally between groups, are just the bigger ones generally win. It doesn't benefit the individual at all, really. And it's, it's unfortunate that some of us have to live with the masses uh, with no option. We're supposed to be social creatures. But to be honest with you, the more you understand about this world, uh, the harder it becomes to be able to even go into the general public because you realize that whatever they talk about is simply their programming. Uh, they repeat or parrot their programming. Generally, most of the public today are talking about what's on television or what they've seen. They have no real thoughts of their own. They're oblivious of the spraying above their heads, which is continuing daily. Uh, they, would make, they would actually first see it and talk about it if Oprah Winfrey was to make a big deal about it or somebody who's famous. Until someone who's famous uh, does make a big thing about it, they will not see it. It's as simple as that. If this guy was tangerine... Uh, or marmalade like the Beatles sung a long time ago, uh, it wouldn't matter to them. Uh, if no one else complained about it, they wouldn't think either. They liked to think what everyone else thinks. And that's the sadness of the world we live in. The mass man has to, and I think that's part of the whole trial being on earth. I think that's the, that's the trials we go through as breaking out of the mass and becoming an individual. And remember the whole concept of individuality was an alien thing only a couple of hundred years ago. People came out of serfdom in Europe. The masses were serfs. They served a Norman feudal system with this rigid hierarchy, and you were born with your place in life, and that was further um, superimposed on by the religion that kept you in that place. You didn't question anything. And all that you knew was what happened in your daily life uh, in your farm and maybe to your neighbors and the decrees were passed down and read in the public square by the town crier who spoke on behalf of the crown that was your whole, whole understanding and what you, you came home with on Sunday after a sermon at the church that was your view of life and the world that was your Plato's cave that you were born into individuality did not really start until a middle class came out in existence 
uh, during the industrial era and gave some time for schooling. Schooling comes from an old Latin word for leisure. You need leisure to learn. We'll be back with more after the following messages. Cover-ups, government corruption. You're listening to We the People Radio Network. WTPRN. Hi folks. I'm Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix. We've got a couple of callers on the line. Judaism itself, you know, 
In fact, I think they were also forbidden to give blood in Israel. A lot of people were complaining they didn't want the bloods from a different colored people. So, uh, but yeah, Ethiopia certainly uh, has had an ancient tradition uh, that paralleled Judaism. And uh, Judaism is, itself is just a, a hodgepodge of different religions that pre-existed their own particular religion. Uh, put into a different format. We know the flood scenario was copied the Epic of Gilgamesh that came from Sumer um, and simply re-updated. Um, and many of the stories in the Old Testament are actually used in Egypt much earlier and also even from India. A lot of them came from India. They had a, a Noah story there as well. So these stories are very, very old and uh, we'll never get to the bottom of them. However, the esoteric meaning of the Ark is the Ark of the Covenant, which as long as the sun comes up and travels the Ark across the sky every day, uh, then you'll be blessed because the sun gives life to plants and all the rest of it, which your animals eat, and you'll have food. Uh, it's quite simple, really. It's always the sun that's behind it that gives its life for the world and dies every day for the world at sundown. Okay. Thank you, Alan. Because after I received your materials... Uh they're really great, and um, they, uh, I watched the movie in a different light, The Planet of the Apes especially, especially yes. the scenes with uh, when they're on the checkerboard. On the, yeah, the yeah, it was quite good, the checkerboard there. Yeah. Upside-down crosses, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right, good night, Alan. Thanks. Thank, uh, thanks for calling. Thanks. Bye. And then we've got, uh, I think we've got um, Leo from Massachusetts. Are you there, Leo? Yeah, yeah. Um, great to hear you again. I... No, you run also on one of those other competing networks. But uh, anyway, my issue was that uh, I think that uh, the uh, this, this guy Juiced Van Stennis. Are you familiar with him? Who? Uh, Juiced Van Stennis, the autonomous thinker. Okay. He talks yeah. about uh, mass world and the elite world. Yes. Are you familiar yeah. with him? Yes, uh, and other ones are similar. It'll, there's different ones along the same vein, yeah. And um, he especially spoke about the, the death of a thousand flea bites, mm -hmm. and that's what we have to inflict on the system by any yep. means necessary and by any methods we can. Mm -hmm. And I think the real problem ethically is that many of the good things are inculcated into their system to the point where uh, sometimes to make your point, you seemingly are beyond the pale, are over the edge, over the top. Yeah. This is something that's very difficult to fight, if you, see it, if you know what I mean. Yes, I, I know. I know. That's the whole thing. Our reality, as you say, is literally enmeshed with our indoctrination from the ones at the top. Our whole culture was given to us. That's the problem, including uh, the good parts uh, that are blended with the negatives and so on, we'd have to break free, as you say, uh, cut by cut, bite by bite, uh, from a thousand. It's almost like having a hundred anchors holding the ship down. You want to break free, you have to take one anchor up at a time, or maybe a whole bunch up at a time from different directions in order to break free from what is a totalitarian system that's becoming worse by the day. I think yeah. the problem is that people don't see themselves as the Lilliputians. Yes. And... This is the problem. They, they, they don't envision themselves in that manner, and then yep. there's the crux of it. Yes, that's true. 
that's true. And Swift, again, who wrote so about that, had many allegories of society. He was an elitist himself, and, and so he wrote it from an elitist point of view, but he also shows you how they see the world and how the little people see the world, how they view the world. And he actually gives you some some ideas of uh, how you can break free if you had the ability, even though he was an elitist himself. Yeah. I think it goes back to also, uh, in, I was, I'm 62 and I'm kind of a child of the revolution of the 60s. And I experienced the whole... Uh, well, without most of the drugs, I, I didn't really get into that. But I experienced yeah. the whole uh, revolution in the uh, Boston area at the time. And uh, my feeling is that the 70s advanced into something that they didn't like. And so in the 80s, they brought on the Bee Gees and made this they twisted, they take, they take an idea and they twist it into another form. Mm -hmm. And so that, um, thinking about your fellow man became a stylistic expression of you. So that yes. this is the, this is the critical point that people don't see. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's true. Uh, if you do have a, a movement that is going off in a different direction than the one planned, uh, they will try and bend it into... You see, they always say that they can use everything that happens as an opportunity, including things they didn't foresee. And uh, when something goes awry for them, they simply uh, try... They put their own leaders out and twist it off in some other direction. So you're quite right. Uh, they have to stop this whole idea of not just caring about other people, but also standing up for other people's rights. They have to stop that. And you're quite correct about that. The, the 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 thing I see mostly is that uh, we were had a culture that was leaning towards the whole dropout, which is the most scary thing the system can't deal with. That's right. Because once you drop out, mm -hmm. their whole reason for being doesn't exist anymore. That's correct. And you basically but, make them obsolete. Yes, yeah, you, you can make them obsolete. Their the big trick is to make you believe that they are essential for the smooth running of your life. You know that the government in Belgium went on strike and they moved out. They didn't have a sitting there for months and months and the no country cared. went on as... Yeah, the country went on as normal. In fact, there were no laws passed. The, the taxes didn't go up and, and they weren't missed at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that, that so goes I mean, to show you, yeah. yeah. It's just sad to see that how well we've been brainwashed and yes. I think it's on a daily basis, and some people do get out and some people don't. Unfortunately, there aren't enough of us Yeah, I know, I know. And but, 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 the thing but, is, how do we make them? How do we bring them over? I, I, think, I, I think the time's coming where uh, Joe Average will be unable, even with his indoctrination, to deny what's happening. And he'll have no choice but to start waking up very quickly to preserve himself and his family and his loved ones. Now you're much more positive than I am. <laughs> uh, well, you got to have some hope. Yeah. Thanks for calling. Okay, bye-bye. From Hamish and myself, up in Ontario, Canada, it's good night. I mean, your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>